It is franchise tag season, and there are a ton of candidates out there that teams have to decide. Should they tag them, trade them, or let them walk? We're going to go over all of it on a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Let's roll. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome in to a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tyler Rowland, local expert from Locked On Titans, here with my co-host, Alex Clancy, local expert from Locked On Cardinals. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150. If your bet wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started It is franchise tag season. There are a lot of teams that have decisions to make. We're going to go through all of the big-time franchise tag candidates, say whether their current team should tag them, trade them, or let them walk. Before we get into that, thank you for making Locked On NFL your first listen each and every day. Remember, Monday through Friday, NFL content all year round, always for free. Make sure you get subscribed, stay subscribed. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. But Alex, we are going to start in the AFC, and there are a lot of good candidates in the AFC as well. We'll start on the right side of the country, the east side, all right? You know what I mean? But uh, looking at the AFC East, Buffalo doesn't really have a lot of good candidates, a lot of low-end defensive players who they're probably going to let walk anyway. The Dolphins, on the other hand, though, do have Christian Wilkins, who has turned into one of the best interior defensive linemen In the NFL, it would make sense for maybe them to keep him around. But again, interior defensive line, it's kind of tough to pay a lot of money at that position. So, Alex, if you were the Dolphins with Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle, would you tag him for one year or maybe try to make a long-term deal work after tagging him? Would you trade him if you could or would you let him walk? I think this is an easy one. They need to figure out how to extend this guy. I mean, he's... He's imperative to their front, obviously. Um, He's one of the best, if not the best, mic'd up guys in the NFL. Whenever you hear (laughs) just – he's a silly dude who happens to be 300 pounds and an absolute behemoth. And I feel like especially for that team, it's imperative that their defense is good, okay? It allows their offense to work at the highest potential and be able to reach their ultimate potential, which is – win the AFC East and win a damn playoff game when nobody thinks they're real when it, when push comes to shove. Their defense is paramount, and I think they'd be a fools to not just trade him. I mean, I think they uh, tag him. They tag with an they tag in an effort to find a long term deal. In my opinion, yeah, no, I'm with you. I think a long term deal is the best thing to do. That now within the you know we're doing tag trade, let them walk. But within the tag option, you know, there are some players who need to play on a one-year deal, in my opinion. There are some players who they need to get a long-term deal with, and Christian Wilkins is one. We'll go quick here with these two. I don't think that they're high-level players. Uh, Well, not that they're not high-level players, but just players that I think are really going to get the tag. You got Kyle Duggar from the New England Patriots, Bryce Huff from the New York Jets. Uh, I mean, on Huff, Huff was fantastic last year, and you know, I think that the Jets should look to keep him around. But they just drafted Will McDonald in the first round. 
and a tag for defensive end is $23 million. I just think that when you go draft a player like Will McDonald, it's so that you don't re-sign Bryce Huff to a long-term deal. And I I think it would be dangerous. So I think they may need to consider letting him walk there. And Kyle Duggar, for me, I, I mean, safety, there are so many good value safeties in this year's free agent class that I just don't think with where the Patriots are at as a team needing to kind of overhaul things, I don't think you need to be using your franchise tag on a safety. Yeah, I think the Patriots are going to look very, very different come 2024. Uh, and I think you're right. I mean, safety, you're right. I mean, it's it's not a premium, premium position. And then you have, um, you know, with Huff, it's, it's interesting. Like, do they want to bring back the camaraderie of the Jets that were powerhouse defensive-wise during the first right. quarter of the season last year and just right. have that be a strength and work on, like, they ain't paid him $23 million for next year. So that would be a extension or let him walk. I don't know if he's necessarily a, a trade target for any team. Neither is Duggar, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I think you seem to mirror your sentiments with both of those guys. Right. Now we got some heavy hitters in the AFC North. Justin Matabike, the defensive tackle for the Baltimore Ravens. T. Higgins for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and really the Steelers and the Browns don't have any real option. So with T Higgins and Justin Matabike, I'm going to go with the T Higgins thing as someone who covers the Titans. T Higgins has been a big topic of conversation. I saw a cool trade T Higgins and the 18th pick for number four with the Arizona Cardinals, Bengals and Cardinals linking up there. I think that would be interesting. Um, But with T Higgins, I think this is a case where they need to tag T Higgins, but not extend him. At the end of the day, Joe Burrow's money is going to come due. Jamar Chase's money is going to come due. They just paid Orlando Brown. They need to keep the defense where it's at as well. But the Bengals deserve one more run with Joe Burrow healthy to see if they can get it done with that nasty trio of Chase, Higgins, and Burrow. So if I'm the Bengals, I'm giving T. Higgins the tag, and I know there's going to be a lot of talk about trading him, but I wouldn't do it. I would just play him on the tag, $21 million, and, and run it back one more year before T. Higgins leaves in free agency for good. It's wild. Like, we're seeing the wide receiver room now turn into the running back room where it's like, there are going to be six wide receivers drafted in the first round this year, if not more. more. Yeah. And there were that many last year. And it's not running backs being drafted that highly because running backs were never drafted in the first round, really. Aside from Adrian Peterson, you know, Todd Gurley, and then Jameer Gibbs, like, it's, it's fewer and far between. But it's looking like that. And Tyler, you and I were ahead of the curve with the wide receivers. It, with, the, with the wide receivers getting to this point where it's like, it's yep. going to be harder for wide receivers to get the contract with the team that drafted them. You're going to have to look at teams that need wide receiver help at that time to go take, yeah, I would I would tag him with the outside of potentially trading him. I'm not exactly sure what his, I'm not sure what his trade market is for a guy that wants a contract. I don't know if yep. he's a wide receiver one. We don't know right. that yet. Just yep. because he's big yeah, and he, he makes incredible plays at times from the outside, it's like, we don't know if he's a wide receiver one yet, so why would you give him wide receiver one money after trading for him. This isn't an A.J. Brown situation. No, I, I agree with you. I don't think he's the level of player of A.J. Brown and with the games that he's missed. He's missed 10 games in his four yeah. seasons, five yeah. last year. So I think there's risk there, and I think that's going to diminish what the Bengals could get in a trade. And that's why I think he's going to play on the franchise tag, and I think that's best for all parties. As for Matt BK, listen, the Ravens draft and develop guys all the time. Matt BK struggled at the beginning of his career and then blew up last year with 13 sacks. I, I just think the Ravens have the infrastructure where you don't pay a defensive tackle $20 million a year. They're going to get a nice compens- uh, compensatory pick off of Justin Matt I think that's a perfect example of the type of guy that the Ravens let go 
and then draft and develop somebody who could be just as good as him and then let them go too in the coming year. So that's what I see there. Finally, in the AFC South here, uh, you got Jonathan Grenard, the defensive end for the Houston Texans. I, I don't think that Grenard is a guy um, that you really need to tag, especially after right. trading up and and going and getting uh, Will Anderson. I don't think that's necessary, even though Grenard's a good player. And then you have Josh Allen, the edge rusher for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Michael Pittman Jr. for the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, I gave my opinion on Grenard. I'll bust in here quickly and just say, and the Titans don't have anybody worth franchise tagging right now. Um, Josh Allen, I, I think that the Jaguars need to find a way to get a long-term extension done with Josh Allen. 17 and a half sacks. He is a top-tier pass rusher. And same thing with Michael Pittman. I, I think the Colts and the Jags need to get long-term deals done with, with these players because Michael Pittman Jr. is a perfect fit with what they have going with Anthony Richardson. They need to get that done. Josh Allen as well. So tag them just to not let them hit free agency. But I think a long-term deal makes both sense, most sense for both of those players. Yeah, Josh Allen is like, Jacksonville needs an identity. Yes. They don't have one. You know, they don't. And how sneaky, he went to Kentucky, right? How sneaky was that Josh yeah. Allen top five pick looking now in that draft? It's like, what are you doing yeah. drafting him at that spot? What are you doing? And then now, sometimes it takes a pass rusher at a premium position to learn, the, to, to get better at the game, have a constant scheme, and have an offense can actually produce so they don't have to, you know, save games on the defensive side of the ball. So I agree with that. Michael Pittman, I'm not as high on him as everybody else's. He was a target monster last right. year. Paris Johnson, uh, Paris Campbell was a target monster the year before for Indy. I don't understand. Right. Like, here's the thing. Michael Pittman, I would take T. Higgins over Michael Pittman. I would take myriad would wide receivers over Michael Pittman, okay? So he's a bona fide yeah. wide receiver too. He's the de facto wide receiver one, but they run the ball so much that I don't like the offensive scheme with Shane Steichen. I don't really understand. So if, if like with regarding to him, so it's like, do you right. just double down? You tag him with the extension, but that's a lot of money you're going to have to pay him. I think you might have to look at that. And I do want to jump back really quick before we pivot with Justin Matabike. Like, first of all, I think he'd be fantastic for the Cardinals. So I hope they let him walk because his money isn't going to be nearly as much as a Chris Jones or somebody like that if they were to hit free agency. Like, this is his first right. big deal. He's going to average 18, 20 mil a year, which is a lot. But if you have a guy right. who is, is going to produce 80% of that at least every year, then I think it'll be worth it. But, yeah, I think you're right. With Baltimore, it's, they draft whoever they want. Everybody's good. Right. And then they move on or they stay for the next 15 years. You know, it's yeah, it's not that I think great. that you're wrong about Matt BK and wanting him for the Cardinals. It's just when the, in the Ravens situation, they've just shown too often that they're right. able to draft and develop and replace guys. So or bring that's in why veterans I would do it if who want to win. Exactly. On the yep. cheap. And the only other guy that we didn't mention here in the AFC West is Legarius Sneed. I don't think that the Chiefs are going to tag Chris Jones. So that that would pay him $32 million and it would just hurt their cap space too much. Sneed would make some sense. Um, it'd be like $18 million a little over, but I just don't think the Chiefs are in a place where they can afford to to give out a franchise tag and let guys play on that high of money. They need to get long-term extensions done with guys and lower that cap hit so they can move their money around. But with that being said, we got to talk NFC because there's a lot of players still to discuss. We're going to get into the NFC here in just a moment. Before we do, though, do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you, and it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased 
on your life, which is why I sit down with Alex for 30 minutes every single week, and we have all these conversations and get things off our chest about the NFL. Now, therapy can be different for everyone, and I also recognize that a lot of people have bigger problems than NFL debate topics, so don't get me wrong there, but it's still important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking about starting therapy, you have to give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible. It's suited to your schedule. Make sure that you visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. All right, Alex, let's continue with Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. It is franchise tag season, so we are breaking down franchise tag candidates. We did the AFC. Now it's time to do the NFC. Before we do, want to remind you guys that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and it's now also available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts from Locked On, plus all the national shows with coverage of every league, like Locked On NFL, for example. Find Locked On Sports Today, now available on the free Fire TV channels app. But Alex, diving right back in to tag, trade, or let them walk. You got the New York Giants in the AFC East with Saquon Barkley. All right, they tagged Saquon Barkley last year for $10.1 This year, it would be $12.1 Had some injuries, had a decent season, all of that. What would you do with Saquon? I I think the real only options here, because it's a running back, you're probably not going to get a trade off. It's really play him on the tag again or let him walk. What do you think you can get for him? Do you think you can get like, a third rounder a for Saquon still? Yeah. Yeah, I I I think probably a a low second or a high third. Yeah. You could probably So with do that, that, I think that tagging him and trading him a trade may be the best option because you, you look at it like this, okay? You cannot let him walk. You can't. Because that means that you drafted him second overall. It was a failure for the most part. You paid Daniel Jones and you are further back now than you were. Okay, that's one. Right. Number two, they put a lot of stock into that offensive line. Okay, that was a lot of that was for Saquon, obviously protecting the quarterback also. So if you right. move off from Saquon, if you let him walk, you're completely starting over. Then you should trade Daniel Jones. You should do everything. So the giant, like it seems like an easy decision. I know we have a bunch of different names to get to, but Saquon is fascinating because that is the lifeblood of that offense. Their wide receivers are not there yet. Jalen Hyatt has maybe special in him. Wandale Robinson has special in him. They don't have a whole lot besides Saquon. So this is their clear direction for the future, Tyler, what they do with him. And I think you've got to be able to get something for him. You cannot let him walk. Yeah, I I think the reality here is, like you said, they're too thin at other positions. Uh, They need help in the secondary. Xavier McKinney is a free agent there. Uh, they need help on the offensive line still. They need major help at wide receiver. You're going to get some of that in the draft, but at the end of the day, I don't think that the Giants were... I, I guess we go back to the Lions. Jameer Gibbs. All right, you don't take running backs in the first round, 
But when you have a stacked roster like the Lions, maybe you can afford to do that. You know what I mean? When you're the Giants and you don't have a stacked roster, you cannot afford to give a running back high-priced money. You can't. So I think they let him walk. And there's a ton of running backs on the market this year. So I just don't think think it's necessary. Um, But if they can get a trade-off, I agree with you. Trade would be the best route. And I think there are teams out there who can afford to do that. So it may be interesting. There aren't really any other options in the NFC East. We'll move to the NFC North. You have the Chicago Bears, which are really the only team that have a a viable option. And it's Jalen Johnson. The cornerback had a great year last year, only 24 years old. Um, I, I mean, the Bears have financial flexibility here. I think they have like 45 million dollars in cap space. So his tag number is going to be like 20 million, 21 million, maybe uh 19 million right around there. But I think they have to do that. And I think they need to get a long-term deal done with him. Jalen Johnson played excellent last year. And again, he's so young. He's going to be in his prime throughout the life of his next contract. So to me, this is a clear tag him and try to get a long-term deal done. Yeah. Move on. Exactly. There's, there's right. No right. That one's kind of cut and dry. Yeah. This definitely. one's interesting though. In the NFC South, Not a lot of candidates out there, but in Carolina, Brian Burns, Hmm. all right? He wants to be one of the highest paid edges in the NFL, had a little bit of a down season, but everybody did in Carolina. Would you, if you're Carolina and you need so much, all right, $23 million on the tag for Brian Burns, are you bringing him back? Are you letting him walk? What's your move with Burns? I would trade him. Yep. Tag him and trade him, whatever it is. Like, here's the thing. You have to realize rock bottom before you can do anything. And they need to get rid of everybody. Like, this is something where they've got a new coach. They've got no picks this year. They have no first-round pick this year. Like, this is the worst environment imaginable. That's my favorite old Wilson of all time. Forget it. Worst worst environment imaginable. Or scariest environment imaginable. Whatever it is. You got to move off from them. And it sucks. But it's time this hard reset like the Cardinals just went through. That's something they have to do, and they can get a lot. Even though he's going to get paid a lot of money, there are so many teams that need a plug-and-play pass rusher off the edge that he will get his money. Carolina will get paid handsomely. I could see this as maybe like a draft day trade picks this year to be able to allow Carolina to rebuild immediately instead of future draft capital. No, I'm 100% with you. That I, I think you're right. I think while Brian Burns is a great player, I think he's a good edge rusher, one of the better ones in the league. Carolina just needs to strip it down to the bolts and restart. And with all they gave up to get Bryce Young last year, this would be an opportunity for them to maybe get some capital back to help themselves rebuild this roster on the fly. So while Brian Burns is a, is a good player, in his prime, only 25, deserves the money, I just don't think Carolina is in a place to be the team to give them that money. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., safety from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, This is tough. I don't think you want to pay a safeties um, franchise tag, which is about $17, $18 million. I don't think you want to do that at that position. It's just my philosophy that safety is not an important enough position to pay that price. But I don't think you let Antoine Winfield Jr. go as – you know, he's one of the heartbeats of that team. And if they're right. going to try to compete again next year, I just don't think that can make any sense. So I, I think if, if you're Tampa Bay, you 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 tag him, but you try to get a long-term deal done with him eventually. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. And the same goes, I don't know if you're going to bring up Mike Evans or not, but I mean, like, it's the same. Like, we're going to find out what Tampa Bay's future plan is this offseason. Like, if you're going to let everybody go, 
then you're going to let everybody go. I think it's going to be all or nothing. I know that obviously you have yeah. to, you have the gymnastics around the cap. I think they like Baker enough to, to run it back with him, maybe draft a quarterback in the third or fourth round. If Kyle Trask isn't a guy that you see as a long-term future guy, eh. you know, like yeah, I don't. Antoine Winfield, you're right. He's, he's a heartbeat of this team. So yeah. I, I feel like it's going to be all or nothing. And I think it's, we're leaning closer to all than nothing for the Bucs. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And I think they're going to go all. I think they're going to be able to get a long-term deal done with Evans. Why would he leave? He's been there for his whole career. He's been productive. Uh, one of the most productive receivers of all time, really. You look at his consistent production year in and year out. I, I think you got a better chance of getting a deal done with Evans and uh, with Baker Mayfield. Baker wants a home after being moved around so much. Mike Evans has been there for a long time. So I think you use that tag on Winfield to give you some more time to get and a long-term remember, deal done there. Yeah. One last thing, Florida, no state income tax. You don't have to pay their contract as big. No state income tax. Like, why would you leave no state income tax if you're Mike Evans and living in Florida and go Uh somewhere else? Like, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. No, I'm with you there. And in the uh, NFC West, there really isn't any... Any logical candidates for any of the teams there. So we'll move on. We got a good conversation saved for you at the end. It's the offseason. So you know that Alex brings the heat. Should awards voting happen later than it does? We're going to ask that question and answer that question here in just a moment. Before we do that. This episode of Locked on NFL Thursday is brought to you by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now... New customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if your bet wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props. Tyler's favorite thing. I do this during my live reads on Lockdown Cardinals. Tyler loves same game parlays. You take five bucks, do over-unders on a bunch of different things, and you can win a few hundred dollars. Like it's it makes things more exciting without breaking the bank. And FanDuel's got you covered with all of it. If you want to bet on Nikola Jokic to win uh, MVPs, now again, the odds on favorite at minus, I think, 125 yes. to win the MVP. It's just consistent as gravity. FanDuel's got you covered with all of it during the NBA season. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Tyler Rowland, Locked On NFL Thursday. Thanks for making Locked On NFL your first listen free wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow him at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Uh, Tyler, this is something, this conversation has been near and dear to my heart for the last decade, okay? Aside from, I haven't done my disclaimer on this show. You're going to think I'm a genius for the, for the first time. Hyphenate the new league year. This NFL season carries over two years. If you ask me who won the Super Bowl, the the 2021 Super Bowl, that was for the 2020 season. It doesn't line up. Every professional league that overlaps with two years has a hyphenated league year. Do it so we know who won the damn Super Bowl in what damn year. Thank you. I digress. Tyler, there's one thing that that I've been wanting to discuss with you, and we haven't done it for a while. I do it on Twitter all the time. I think, and we, we make you think on this show, okay? I think that it should at least be discussed having league awards, year awards, have included in them the playoffs. And let me speak my piece, and then you're welcome to say that I'm wrong, which I'm I, I'm thinking you're going to disagree with me. Now, I understand regular season awards. I understand 
that defensive players of the year aren't always on Super Bowl teams. I understand that MVPs don't win the Super Bowl every year. I get all of that. And I think it's doing the actual winner of that award a disservice by not including the most important time of every year. Okay. Kevin Stefanski lost to D'Amico Ryans. Kevin Stefanski, veteran laden team, the best defense in football. D'Amico Ryans, rookie quarterback, rookie edge rusher, second year guys in important positions. And he wins a game in the playoffs. I think he should have won coach of the year because of that. Lamar Jackson pooped the bed in the playoffs again. Right. Why do you give him the MVP if he can't win when it counts? Why do the regular season games matter only when it really matters in the playoffs? And some guys produce all the time. Some guys don't. The guys that don't still win MVPs. And I don't think it makes rational sense to not at least have a conversation to include it. I get what you're saying. There's obviously merit to that side of it. But to me, I think that that just that slants things so heavily in favor of the teams that make the playoffs. And I think that there are people and players deserving of winning these awards who aren't, football is the ultimate team game. All right. I, I think that your argument for that is stronger in basketball because one player can literally impact things way more. I think with football being the most team game that these individual awards can't be based, not based, but can't be influenced too much by team success. I, I think that, like, to me, I disagree. I still think that Kevin Stefanski should have won Coach of the Year over D'Amico Ryans. I think Joe Flacco, the injuries on the O-line, the injuries to Nick Chubb, having a new defensive coordinator. I know that they had talent, but I, I, I think that Houston has more talent than maybe people want to admit. I know that, you know, they, they brought the best out of them with C.J. Stroud. I get all that, but I just think that if there's a, a portion of the race that doesn't include all the racers, you can't let that impact the awards for the full race too much. So while I understand what you're saying, and I think that in basketball specifically, that would make a ton of sense. I think that would fit better. The nature of football, I think, makes that not the right way to go because there are people who deserve certain awards who maybe the playoff results would not help them. Like, like Nick Bosa lost or lost in the Super Bowl. But he was absolutely insane for a lot of that game, especially in the NFC Championship game. I mean, they won that game, but at the end of the day, like, would he have won Defensive Player of the Year if it went to the Super Bowl because he played more games, he kept going, his team went further, even though I think Miles Garrett deserved it. I, it. Again, I don't think you're completely wrong, but I think the nature of football, I would rather just keep it to the regular season. Yeah, and it makes sense. And the player doesn't have to win the game to to earn the award. What if they like, did awards for the playoffs? What if they did playoff awards instead of just Super Bowl MVP is the only What if they did individual player awards for the playoffs as well? And then you would have, you know, playoff defensive player of the year and playoff most, you know, the I think playoff the scarcity, coach of the year, you could do that. Yeah, I think the scarcity of it, especially with contracts, like this is another thing that because it's so directly tied towards incentives and contracts and money to win these massive awards and all pro and things like that. Like it's, I think giving out too many would, would dilute it and it would, it would have a much bigger ripple effect than just us seeing people get awards, right. you know, award night and things like that. Like if Lamar Jackson would have thrown for two touchdowns, 275 yards, and it would have been a field goal game, they were out of that game for the entire time. 
against Chiefs. There was that was not they did nothing performance yeah. again by Lamar Jackson when it mattered. And this is not a direct like bashing of just him. Like it's it's just year over year. It's like Aaron Rodgers wins a bunch of MVPs and completely craters in the playoffs, and he's still praised for it. It's like at what point do you just or the other side of this is don't make awards that important because they're not. They really have no direct correlative to winning. Aaron Rodgers, right, winning, no, yeah, one of the worst playoff quarterbacks in the history of top tier quarterbacks in football. Yeah, the big ones. So it's like cool MVP, awesome. Oh, MVP Aaron Rodgers, great. When it matters, where are we? And people are like, oh, that's stupid. Like, look at it, look at his body of work and all that stuff. I understand that. And the weight held in these awards. MVP, de- defensive player of the year, true. coach of the year is more subjective because it depends on where the right, team right. started from and, and where they ended. Expectations that year. are big like, that. Either just say these awards don't matter that much because they really don't when it comes to truly determining who the best player is for every specific award. Well, speaking of awards not mattering, Nikola Jokic wins MVP again. He'll tell you himself that nothing matters. The NBA sucks. And he can't wait to go home because he hates the NBA. So awesome. We're going to leave there before I get on a tangent about all the NBA players hating their own sport. Tired of these international guys who hate the NBA. It's bad for the sport. Anyways, moving right along. I mean, Giannis out there. uh, Well, you know, I don't even watch basketball. Jokic, oh, I'm just at work. I want to go home. Like, it's not not good for the sport long term. Anyways, this is Locked On NFL, not Locked On NBA. But Alex gets my brain going. That's why he's so good. And again, he is the host local expert of Locked On Cardinals. I am Tyler Rowland, local expert, host of Locked On Titans. As I tell you guys every Thursday, be safe out there and start your weekend early. 